Hello and welcome to the Surface Tension Podcast. My name is Alex. My co-host over here is Craig. We are going to be exploring deep questions and looking for deep answers to spiritual questions and questions about life in general. We're happy to have you here. And here we go. Welcome to our podcast. Alex, have you ever listened to a song that really kind of just did something, it stirred something in you, either good or bad? Yeah, I hope everybody's had that experience. Yeah, but I know you've you've told me about stories of songs you've listened over to and over and over and over, and it does music does something to us, right? It kind of opens doors and windows that we uh, sometimes don't have opened, right? Of course. Yeah, it's nice when musicians hit that rare space yeah. when they're speaking deep truth that doesn't exist so much in pop music now boy I'll tell you what but there are some songs out there yeah in, when uh, were you born what year were you born 87 80, okay so back in the 80s the music scene <laughs> yeah I was so shocked to know how many songs had to do with just pure love and connection and like just fulfilling re- romantic relationships. 80s power ballads. Yeah, it's crazy. But even like the new wave music, which I listened to some of. But um, So yesterday I heard a song and listened to it two or three times and I had to turn it off because something was stirring in me. <laughs> in and, a negative way. Yeah, maybe. And maybe in a convicting way. But um, this song is called Set a Fire. And let me just read you the lyric, um, the lyrics here. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. And then it repeats it numerous times. Set a fire in my soul that I can't contain and I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. And as that song was echoing through my car and through my head, I was feeling quite convicted because I don't want that fire. <laughs> I was, that's too much fire in my soul. And I, well, I had you to were pause. thinking that the fire was too much to manage. Well, think about that prayer. And this happens to me often in music and songs with certain prayers. Um, Job, uh, blessed be the name of the Lord. He he gives and takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's a hard verse for me because I'm going to bless the Lord when he gives, but when he takes away, I I imagine it's going to be very difficult to bless the Lord in that moment. So I, I take these words at face value and I'm like, try to integrate them with my life. And this song is a plea for so much of God, this burning passion, love, whatever happens in our soul that we can't control it and we can't contain it. And I've spent so much of my life, my time, parenting, work, ministry, trying to contain and control. And this song is inviting me to go to a very, very uncomfortable place. Out of control, Craig. Yes. But in a positive way. That's what... In a positive way. That's what we're looking for. That's what we might all be looking for. And why is that so 
Gary. Why, why, why do I seem to reject that and dismiss it? Want to pause? Because I mean, you like I tend to intellectualize things and not just jump at impulses and be led by spiritual instincts. I think we both and many of us, uh, many people who listen to this podcast, probably have a deep appreciation for chewing on the abstract and thinking about it. Kind of a scholar's approach to many a thing, not just spiritual matters, but all of life and saying, I'm going to think less and do more and trust that my heart is going to be led by God and the spirit that's subtracting ourselves from the equation in a way that is so foreign from the way that we approach most things. I'm a thinker. I isolate and think about things. I read, I journal, I write. I know you do the same things. So Craig ablaze, Craig on fire, out of control Craig, I wouldn't necessarily categorize that as a negative although it would probably be easy to do that be like oh out of control immediately that has a negative connotation but it's out of your control and more in god's control so yeah and maybe maybe this is revealing in my heart that um that i have this idolatry of um managing i'm managing i kind of think i'm managing my life pretty well right now. And I think you are too. And I like that. There's a comfort that comes with thinking, all right, you know what? I think, well, managing fairly well, not perfect, moving in the right direction, baby stepping in the right direction. And the call that I heard in that song was stop being a middle manager and let me be the CEO. Hmm. And I don't know why that's so hard. I don't I don't know why. If I've trusted God with my salvation, why can I not trust him to be the CEO? Let's say you're walking through a grocery store and you are in Craig unleashed mode. How does that look different? from the mode out of which you're operating now? It's a very good question. I got excited when you just started with the grocery store because I love these scenarios. Ask it again. I just want to make sure that I'm hearing you correctly. Say you're in the grocery store, but you are operating out of Craig out of control mode or Craig unleashed, if we want to have it in a positive connotation. How does that differ from the way that you would approach it from your place of comfort? Yeah, it's a very good question. Here's here's my answer. Um, I don't exactly know. It's and Fair. that's part of it is because it's uncomfortable because there's this unknownness to it. And then I can borrow maybe from history and say, what does Unleashed Craig look like um, in the store? notices people and their story a little bit. It, he notices people and their story a little bit more. 
He, well, unleashed. Let me just yeah. pause for a second. Unleashed yeah. and out of control would immediately put my mind into a place of high energy, so to speak. Yes. That I'm in a place of unbelievable energy and enthusiasm. Yes. But let's throw that out. Let's untether unleashed and out of control from our energy level and make it through our heart and our spirit. And I think we land closer to a positive space because it's one thing to be in a grocery store going up to people, grabbing them by the scruff of their shirt, shaking them as if we were British nannies and they were out of control babies and being like, have you heard about Jesus? That yeah. isn't the right kind of unleashed, so I would say. You, so the picture of juggling apples in the produce section is not the one we want. Right? <laughs> Just juggling apples and yelling, my power comes from above. I don't think that's no. it. I, I'm curious about your question because I, I really don't know. And I think that's part of this unleashed part, this something that he's doing in us that we can't control and can't contain. I don't know if we can even imagine it. That's why I said I can look back and see glimpses. Um, this morning, I may have been partially unleashed, okay, just because of what's happening. I went to the store 6.15 in the morning saw a couple of people and smiled and my smile just surprised them. Um, a guy was shopping for flowers and I said, that is beautiful. You're going to really bless someone today. And he got a big smile on his face and, uh, in other grocery store visits, um, I've loved encouraging the guy that restocks the eggs and, uh, he's putting eggs up there and I just said, hey, thank you for what you do. What you do is really valuable here. Uh, if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have eggs. So thank you. And he just started beaming. And so part of that is that I have this gift of encouragement. And that's when I feel alive, when I feel like God's using me the most. And so maybe that's the part of the unleashed that scares me is that I think he's going to be asking me to do things that are totally outside of my my wiring, my gift mix. Interesting way to approach it. So how much does our own will play into this equation of God setting our souls ablaze? That's what I'm wondering is is our pathway to a soul unleashed and a soul on fire and a soul connected and a soul full of love, how conscious of a process is that? Is that something we can will or discipline ourselves into? Or would that be an incorrect approach to the entire exercise in the first place? rather than an exercise, a way of living, a way of being? That's a wonderful question. And I am i don't know. I know. love the fact that you've dropped three I don't knows <laughs> on this episode. I didn't know we had a I don't know counter. <laughs> no, but, but it's, that's amazing. Yeah. It, well, thank you. That speaks to you being unleashed because well, you like knowing. 
So you even saying that I don't know is a little bit of Craig unleashed, at least in the way that I've experienced you. So yeah. I would affirm you in that and Thank say, you. there's some, there's some soul on fire, soul connected to say, I don't know. Yeah. You know, my, my mind thinks about Jesus and his encounter with the woman at the well. And she probably didn't start that day saying, God, I really want more of you uncontrolled, um, uncontained. I want this burning fire. She just went to go get water. And her encounter with Jesus started a fire in her that started changing her immediately. She went back to all the townspeople that she was trying to avoid in the middle of the day by drawing water in the middle of the day and start telling them, hey, I just met this guy. He's amazing. Could he be the Messiah? Automatically, she goes from this reluctant, skeptical person who is really comfortable managing her own life in her own way to helping stir the pot of curiosity for the people in the city. And then they started looking at Jesus for themselves. They came out and they said, wow, they encountered Jesus and they said, at first, we kind of believed because you said that he might be the Messiah, but now we have found for ourselves this Messiah. Well, it's interesting because she was very fearful of people's opinions of her, and that's yeah. why she was getting yes. water in the middle of the day. And so, Absolutely. Well, she had unleashed the wrong parts of her trying to fill her own soul needs. Right. But that was ultimately holding her back is her fear of interfacing with people, her fear of being judged. And that changed through her encounter with Jesus. And she wasn't thinking about that when she was sharing good news with people, the best news, the best question. So it's interesting how our focus on Jesus can really dictate the thoughts that we give the most weight to because she still had those experiences. She could have retreated back from the well and said, no, time to go for husband number six or seven or whatever I'm doing, but she didn't. And so the encounter itself is the unleashing. Yes. When back to your question about the intentionality, is it us seeking after or trying to be intentional or is it just something else? Um, it seems like numerous people through the Bible, God was the initiator. Mm -hmm. Moses, Abraham, David, you countless people. God is the one who's initiating. And so maybe the intentionality comes with that moment where we have that encounter where he says, walk with me, lean into me. Let's, let's, let's do this together. Yeah, a lot of that comes from being receptive and open to those transcendent experiences, those highly personal and transformational experiences with God, of which some people, maybe all of us, we get, those apex moments, I don't think we get a ton of those. No. I really don't. If we're talking about 
a nearly mystical experience. Yeah. Not to use the wrong language or anything, but something that is just 15th floor of a 12 story building next level experiential faith, uh, just experience of a lifetime. Yeah. But, and, and that's a very good point. But if we go back to our supernatural supermarket, um, it's interesting as the more we play with that. I just realized as you were talking, when I'm imagining that unleashed in the supermarket, I did not picture God being with me. That is so interesting. Nice catch. It's just me on this strange, uncomfortable mission <laughs> with a fire that doesn't have a fire ring <laughs> with no containment. But it's so interesting how God has promised that more than anything else. I am with you. I will be with you. His Holy Spirit is with us. So why would that image not automatically include a constant companion? Mm. That's so good. Yeah, in the make-believe supermarket, it all falls on Craig in yes. scenario one. Yes. To to over-index on positivity, uh, to be the ultimate architect right. of exactly. all things supermarket. And could it, could it be that it's as simple as remembering that he is with us and that's part of this fire that can't be controlled or contained of just knowing he is in the house. The Holy Spirit is with me, helping me see what he wants me to see helping me do what he wants me to do, prompting me to call someone, text someone, smile at someone, ask someone, gosh, how are you doing? To lean into the spiritual instincts that we have, I think is something that we probably actively or maybe even subconsciously snuff out. It's not as though we need to will our unleashedness more, but perhaps get out of the way. Yeah. So if I threw myself down on the leather couch and said, Alex, you need to help me. I'm a little afraid about a fire inside of me that can't be controlled and can't be contained. What would you ask? What would you share? Tell me about the fire. Yeah, that's good. That can immediately go to a negative place, right? Raging forest fire, out of control. This is nuts burning things down or is this holy fire imbued with righteousness is this a fire that melts away the worst parts of me and 
brings out the most beautiful parts of me. Yeah. That's a fire that I've never really experienced with my eyes. Yeah. And so that would be tough to describe if you were in the scenario of trying to relay that to somebody and saying, I've got a fire in my soul and it's freaking me out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's interesting because a couple of years ago, you know, we, we talked before in past podcast about the word for the word for the year and probably three or four years ago, my word for the year was unshakable. And um, I love that. And it was based on this, this passage in Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. So I just, I was so captivated by this image of we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It, it can't. If we are in the kingdom, it cannot be shaken. So let's be thankful. Let's worship God. Let's hold him with reverence and awe. And then this last verse, which I actually left off, which I probably should have included, for our God is a consuming fire. Whoa. For our God is a consuming fire. And I even did research and I I researched it and it talked about how God frequently has revealed himself as fire, burning bush, uh, leading the Israelites out of out of Egypt. For our God is a consuming fire. And maybe that's part of this faith journey that we need to be okay with walking with a consuming fire powerful may leading may lead us in places where we don't want to go so what what's actually getting in the way of Craig unleashed or the listener whoever's listening to this what's getting in the way of you unleashed Or how do we move a couple steps closer to our spirit-led, unleashed selves that are lockstep walking everywhere with God? It's a very good question. I'll just tell you the first thing that comes to mind, and that is I need 86 my pride because I somehow think that the managing middle manager, Craig, is is doing a pretty good job. And actually I know it's best for me and a story for my family. And I'm not leaving room for God to have a best that's far better than, than I can imagine. I would challenge you on that and say that your vision has a lot of God in it. Maybe not to the apex degree that you so crave, but I wouldn't describe it as totally missing the mark. I think your vision for your life and your family is more God-centered than most people that I've met. So I wouldn't say that you're completely off the map, not even close. You're on the map, but you're trying to possibly move from an 83% to a 91%. Is that possible? Maybe. Maybe. 
but I also know my own soul. I've had a couple of opportunities recently to preach and to, you know, I, I do regularly teach in different places and churches. And it, it seems as if God has really used me in some of those places. And I'm so thankful for that, but it has brought a terrifying thought of what if God wants me to be doing more of this? I worked in a church for a while. Mm-hmm. It was very challenging for my soul. And the thought of possibly working once again inside the walls of the church is part of that fire that I can't contain, can't control. What mm. if I lean into God and he says, Craig, I want you to be a pastor in Nebraska. Now, no disrespect for our audience members in Nebraska. Sure. But he says that I need to go and I'm no longer the manager. I can no longer manage this little happy life, happy wife, kids, everything changes. And why is it so difficult for me to think that that could be God's best? If he is leading me there, that could be God's best. Not necessarily for me and not necessarily for my family, but best as God defines it. Hmm. That's challenging to wrestle with a thought like that. Is how far out of your comfort zone are you willing to go? Provided God's leading you there. Yes, and once again, the thought comes to my mind as I am thinking about a road trip in the family station wagon to Nebraska. God's not there with me. Interesting, once again, the fears of my future imagination don't include this constant loving companion. Interesting. I think we could all benefit from asking ourselves that is, what does God want for us that we are roadblocking with fear? You're going to need to ask that again, because that's, that's, that's a question worthy of saying twice. What does God want for us that we are roadblocking with fear? Yeah. And maybe even that is being roadblocked with fear, because we might bring some of the fear, but boy, I tell you what, we are living in a spiritual world. Satan's going to be throwing up some fear roadblocks as well. He's going to do his best to distract, get us off course, off mission. What's the biggest takeaway that somebody listening to this should move with or potentially a conversation starter for somebody to ask a stranger, maybe at a supermarket, maybe just out on a walk, maybe before church or after church, wherever you happen to encounter someone new, what's the best way to approach this in order to elevate the body in more of a we way than a me way? Yeah. Once again, the question's wonderful. And from my research on on conversations. One of the easiest places to start with a stranger or someone that we have, you know, 
limited relationship with is going to be, um, what did the unleashed version of you look like when you were younger? Hmm. And how did that work? And, and was there ever a, an unleashed God version of you when you were younger? And what was that like? My guess, especially inside the walls of the church, we're going to find many people who had a tender sweetness of unleashed with God's season that they have probably drifted away from. And then take that into the present. What What do you think an unleashed version of you would look like today? And that probably varies from person to person. Absolutely. You're unleashed and my unleashed. Yes. Very different. Yes. But it creates the space to maybe take a couple of couple of stones outside of my little fire ring to say, okay, maybe maybe I'm going to risk being uncomfortable saying something that is challenging. Well, it's so interesting, unleashed. It's almost as if we're untethering ourselves from the world and leashing ourselves to God, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that has to be has to be a part of the new thinking of this. It's not we even talked about that with the prodigal years ago when we were discussing the prodigal and you were so passionate of saying, this is so awesome. I'm going to go I'm, and going to try to help other prodigals find the father's heart. And it was just so fun for me to see that passion in you. And I, God brought me a question. I said, when you picture yourself going off and trying to capture those other prodigals and bring them to the heart of the father, is the father at home or is he going to go with you on that journey? So good. Yeah. So good. Oh man. Morris with the corner three. That one's nice. Yeah. Well, goodness, we've been a lot of different places and good. I've enjoyed this. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate your heart and your Thank questions. Thank you, Craig. This was awesome. Thank you for letting this be a safe space for me because this is a little bit vulnerable for me to, to go into these places. I'm saying, I heard a worship song yesterday that made me so uncomfortable. I had to turn it off, listen to it three times and then I turn it off. But, um, and so thank you for making it a safe, safe place for me to explore some of these, these thoughts. And we hope something was stirred in you. Thank you for listening to us. We want to, I once again, thank go ministry international for supporting our podcast. So appreciate uh, those people and their heart's desire and their generous gift to be able to allow us to do this and to provide it for you. If you're blessed in any way, shape, or form by this, as Alex always says, one of the best compliments you can give God and God working through us is to share this with someone else. So if he puts it on your heart to share it with someone else, please do so. Thank you for joining our podcast. Alex, thank you. Thank and you. Have a great day.